Well, hidey, hidey, ho there, happy innovators. How are you all doing today? Are you having a good week? I hope that you're having a good week. Well, like I mentioned in my last podcast, you know, I was talking about doing some album descriptions like I used to do back in the day with Ad Astra 1, 2, and 3, and Clouds. And uh, so that's what you got right here today. I'm going to do an album description of the Pipe Choir debut CD. And, um, you know, I'm holding it here in my hand, the hard copy of the CD in my hand. And uh, without, you know, spending too much time on the cover art, uh, I'll just mention really quick, it's got the Astra avatar in the front, the original Astra art that I used back in the day when I first got started. Um, it's got the branches that on the front that were eventually used uh, for um, the Wilderness album and the Ad Astra 3, the continuing with that theme. I don't even know why I chose that. Maybe it was because of the storm that came through, which I talked about in the Ad Astra 3 description. I, I don't really know. But um, uh, what can I say about this package? Well, let's see. When you look at the front cover, you see Astra. You see the little branches, little things on the bottom. But there's a tree behind Astra in the night sky. That, that picture that I use with the tree in the sky, that's actually taken right outside my front door. Um, the house that I used to live in. And uh, what's ironic about that or interesting about that to me now is that that tree that's on the cover, it's all over the package actually. It's on the front, it's on the back of the booklet, and it's on the back of the CD package. Uh, that tree, that big spruce tree, was a tree that I <laughs> had actually kind of like grown very fond of. Like I took good care of it. It was a really beautiful tree. And I loved it. And uh, that tree no longer exists. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, when I see the picture, it's a little bit of a tug, I guess, on my heart a little bit. Because that was the first freestanding house of my own, like that I lived in. And when we moved out of that house, the people who bought the property cut that tree down right away. So it's kind of kind of cool, I guess, to see the... The, the image is here. You know, it's, the tree's not there anymore. So it's permanent record now. It's on my compact disc package. But if you open up the booklet, you'll see the, fo the famous uh, photograph of Earth from the moon. And, uh, you know, nothing really special. Just uh, basic images. It was, my, like I said, my first attempt at making a CD package. So came out pretty good. You see, can see the compact disc has the full picture of the earth and when you pull it out of the CD tray like sitting behind it in the CD tray is a picture of the moon. So I thought that was kind of like a clever little thing. The sun and moon kind of theme which actually uh, was revisited over and over again really throughout my other albums and things like that. The idea of earth and moon um, but uh, on the cover for the last major sin, uh, there's the earth and the moon kind of theme. So, you know, it's something that I continued with in one way or another. 
So I thought that was pretty good. So like I said, my first try, so it's pretty good. There's the tree on the back, of course, and the Creative Commons stuff, and the track list, and uh, so without spending too much more time on that, that's the basic rundown of the cover art. Nothing special, nothing amazing or anything, but it was my first try at making a CD package, and I'm, you know, relatively proud of it. I suppose if I had it to do over again, I might change a couple of things, but, oh, you know, it is what it is. So having wrapped that part of this description up, I'm going to go ahead and get into the music. And I think the very first thing I want to start out with, uh, you know, if track number one lights up, I have a demo version of lights up that I'm going to share with you before we get into the full song. So without further ado, here we go. Uh, The Pipe Choir debut CD, and let's get into the music. Okay, yeah, so right away, it's like a, this is a four-track demo of the song Lights Up, like the original idea, with those, you know, straight drum beat, and just kind of figuring out the keyboard lines. Yeah, normally I'd start out with something like this, like these kind of drums, like a basic drum beat and start making up music to it, but as you'll hear in the finished version, I wind up striking the drums out most of the time and either redoing them completely different or eliminating them all together. So, pretty basic kind of idea, nothing really challenging or anything, but you can kind of hear the foundation of the finished track. And uh, I was kind of like really, really into the whole idea of recording uh, on my four track cassette recorder. So I was like really stoked to be recording at home, you know? So yeah, here we go. The, uh, the album version of Lights Up, the finished version weird robot voice in the beginning I love using robot voice you know the it's a device actually called a vocoder and it, what it does is it takes the human voice and it mixes it with like a, a keyboard sound like a signal it blends the two together and uh, gets that effect yeah this the entirety of this album was recorded on a Korg D1600 a really small little digital recording unit. It had a lot of really great effects on board, and Vocoder was one of those effects. And I wound up using it. I still use it all the time. I use it all the time. Oof. What a song. I'm really proud of this one. I was listening a lot at the time I was, you know, writing these songs. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was listening a lot to a group called Tiamat. And this idea, this kind of sparse drumming and explosive bombast kind of thing was really uh, something that Tiamat did a lot. I liked it a lot. So I can hear it 
when I'm listening to this music. You know, the idea with Lights Up was kind of like, in my mind anyway, was uh, like this idea of turning a switch on. You know, um, when I had left Cleveland and kind of stopped performing live as a drummer um, and went into the idea, you know, this whole idea of recording at home, recording myself, writing my own songs and things like that. When I left that scene, I, I wasn't sure what the future was going to be for me. I wasn't 100% sure that I would be able to continue a musical life. I didn't know because I was leaving behind not only the band I was in, but the scene and the people and the connections and everything. I was abandoning everything and going off in this other direction entirely. So Lights Up was kind of like, almost like um, a song of like gratitude. Um, you know, uh, the world began to thaw, like the world was cold, but it began to thaw. The machine was turned on, the lights are up. You know, it's like powering up this old, you know, powering up this old machine. You know, called pipe choir. You know, pulling the tarp off and powering it up for the first time. And that's kind of what it was like. And the, and the music and the lyrics and everything are pointing to that. You know? It's like uh, rejoicing. You can hear it like in the, my voice. I was so, so happy to be able to record something that sounded like this. You know, I remember driving around town with this CD of this version of the song in my CD player, like cranked with the windows down, and just so stunned that uh, you know I was able to come up with something that could sound that good. You know, at least it did to me. It was leaps and bounds from where I had started with my Tascam 4 track. I was in the digital realm now. Oh my gosh, the sound quality and the, just everything was so much bigger and better. And uh, yeah, that's what you get with Lights Up. It was just a real kind of uh, powerful idea, at least to me. You know, that's that's really. That's why I chose to start the album with it. I just imagine this flipping the switch, you know, lights up. This machine is being turned on. So I was really, really excited about lights up. It was one of the, I think even to this day, one of the better song ideas. The next song up is uh, a dark blue arc. And I think I got a demo version of it coming up right here. There's a fire in my house. There's a fire in my house. It's coming after me. It's coming 
Yeah, this demo version was recorded in Cleveland in a studio right before I moved. Yeah, this is recorded in 2002, that demo. So, you know, that shows you how old that song actually was, that song idea. And then, of course, we go into the album version of the song. <laughs> this keyboard sound. Got a lot of comments about this keyboard sound. It's an interesting song, A Dark Blue Arc, to me. Um, because basically what was going on was I was recording all of these songs in this really small room. It was probably about maybe 20 by 20, the room that was my studio. And uh, it was in an apartment, okay? So basically, you know, I had to kind of find uh, a time during the day when there was nobody around to be bothered by my drumming in this apartment building. So whenever I drummed, I would have to like hurry and I'd have to map it out and know exactly what I was going to do and hurry up and record it and drum and get it done before anybody could really have a chance to complain, right? These drums are very loud. I mean, they shake the building you're in, you know, when you're really rocking on them. So what I wound up doing was just kind of, in my mind, like uh, predetermining like a few drum beats that I wanted to play, maybe just one or two bars, like a really short uh, bit, bit of drumming, uh, just different beats that came to my mind or that I thought I could start out, you know, a song with. Uh, let's see, I did uh, the drums for Lights Up that way. I did the drums for A Dark Blue Arc that way. Five Station Five, Metal, Infinite Light. And yeah, that's about it. So five of the songs on this album were based on these drum beats that I played and I recorded. And uh, what I would do is just take the couple bars of me drumming and I would loop it in my digital recorder and I would use that as a jumping off point for a song. And that's the drums you're hearing right now. If you listen closely, you pay attention, the drums don't really change. Um, so it's, and this song is just one of five on this album that are like that, where they started out as just a couple bars of me drumming and then looping those drums, that looping those couple of bars of drumming and putting music on top of it. So the dynamics of the song, like even though it feels like it might change, it's not because of the drums, it's because of the other instrumentation. I think that's interesting, you know, when I listen to it now. And the drums didn't come out so bad. I mean, I... The idea, I think, originally was to use those drums as like a, you know, like a map, like a jumping off point to write a song idea, but I wound up keeping, and well, pretty much every one of the situations, I wound up keeping the drums in there. I didn't, I didn't replay them or anything like that. This is a, a product of just a couple bars of me playing a drum beat and then putting guitars on top of it. And of course, 
as you heard in that demo, this existed as a song before. So I just took that idea and retrofitted it over this music, and oh my gosh, it sounds pretty good, you know. Still, to this day, these drums, even though they were, were recorded, you know, before I had any real idea of how to record drums, uh, they wound up coming out pretty good. I think, if I remember correctly, I only used like two or three microphones to record these drums, and it came out pretty good, pretty good. It's cool to listen to it now. I don't listen to my songs, especially the really old ones like this. I don't really listen to them very often. And not for any reason, really. I just, I'm always working on the next thing, so it's kind of cool to have the opportunity to go back and listen. I mean, I was really excited about being able to record myself. I was just like a mad scientist. You know, just trying all kinds of ideas, and I was like, just having so much fun with being creative and trying to find interesting ideas. And oh, I was just so into it, like 110%, just locked in, you know. So that was a dark blue arc. Track number three is Five Station Five. Yeah, Five Station Five. Man, this is me drumming on the guitar. I mean, it's like, that's what I'm doing. Da 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 da. Against that drum beat, you know? Again, this is one of those drum beats where I played a couple bars of the beat and uh, looped it. And if you listen closely to these drums, like in a Dark Blue Arc, if you listen to this, uh, the drums don't change. They stay exactly the same. It's just a loop of me drumming. so much stuff going on in my life when I was writing this song. It was a really, really difficult time emotionally for me. You know, it was uh, maybe like a year or so after I had left Cleveland. I was still like very much kind of like in some ways grieving the loss of the life that I had built for myself up until that point. And, you know, we left home and I left home and started over and uh, it was difficult it's hard to do but you can kind of hear me singing about that addressing it in this song it's all you know waxing poetically and code and kind of stuff like that's not a direct message but to me when I hear it I know what I'm talking about I know how I felt you know, again that percussive kind of guitar playing with like you know, actually, like, playing the drums on the guitar with my hands. Everything is very rhythmic you know, on the guitar. 
It's one of the riffs I've written and one of the ones I would consider like a favorite. so strange to hear these songs now and to be listening to them like for analysis you know so much has changed since the song was recorded yeah, these over the top poet you know poetic lines like I just was like honestly it, it was kind of probably something like I didn't really know uh, or I wasn't sure if anyone would ever hear these songs I mean I had hope that people would maybe someday but everything was done you know without any kind of regard for like them being scrutinized by the public ever you know it was all just kind of really what I felt you know and or what I wanted to do uh, no matter how weird a great solo I love those guitar solos that you can hum you know they're not like noodling like they're melodic and they have a something you can hum with your Come along to drum uh, chaos there on the guitar. Robot voice again, you know that vocoder in the D1600. For some reason, I don't really know why, but I remember when I was recording this end part with the guitar going, you know, I was thinking Radiohead. I don't know why. They must have a song that does that. But like when I hear it now, that's what comes back to my memory. I was doing something I heard radio I had to do. I don't know what it was, but five station five, you know, uh, the religious imagery, you know, for those of you who are familiar with the stations of the cross and the fifth station, which is symbolic or the meaning of the fifth station of the cross is assistance, you know helping the person who needs help and uh, I needed help I was I was really emotionally I was in a very strange place when I was writing a lot of these songs you know there was a lot of sadness and a lot of anger so that was track number three five station five this is track number four the wind is rising Again, like I was just saying, like a lot of emotions, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, a lot of, you know, rage, you know, I was upset, I was angry, I was sad, I was homesick, I was, you know, I was all over the place, emotionally. I remember jumping off point in my mind for this song idea was that song by Marilyn Manson called The Beautiful People. I love that song. I thought it was done really well. And uh, 
I liked the beat. I liked the rhythm. So I copped it and you know, put it into this song. But I think that this drum beat was like uh, put together at a time when I knew much more about how to record drums and how I was going to be doing the drums for a pipe choir. So there was a lot of growth took place. Even though it's track number four, it probably was one of those songs that was recorded last for this album. Really kind of cool vocal delivery. Like a rap song almost. Rhythmic singing. The mix on this song is a little wonky to me. It's a little pillowy or compressed and but it is what it is. You know, I was figuring it all out as I was going along. So not so bad for a guy who has no idea what he's doing. You know, definitely singing to somebody or some people. And uh, I won't name names. I was an angry man when I wrote this. Yeah, but you know, rather than lashing out and you know. You know, becoming violent or something, I put it in words and I put it in music. It's the best way to channel your anger, you know, your, your emotions, you know. probably would never have picked that out right if unless I said it to you yeah. that's what the inspiration was that was the that was the impetus for this song you know that, that drum beat you hear the click track I left it in really singing it's more like they said like rapping creating it and i make it i'm shaping it and i show it i name it i throw it you want it as the wind is rising the way i got it i give it the way you gave it i gave it you got it tight ending yeah i was i was pretty pissed off when i was doing that one but then i was probably even more pissed off with this next one uh metal check number five Again, the drums, you know, the, I just played a couple bars, a couple seconds of drumming and took that recording and looped it. And that's the drums. That's what I made this song on top of. So I start with drums. That's usually how I start all my song ideas is I'll remember a drum beat or I'll, I'll hear a drum beat that I like or it'll just come to me and that's you know I'll put it together I'll I'll record it and I'll have the drums the tempo and everything done and I'll go back on top of all that drumming 
and put guitars on it and put keyboards on it and I'll sing over it. And that's what you're hearing right now. Pretty proud of this song. This song is definitely one of those ideas that would be like a candidate for like a future redo, you know? So I think it's really a great song. The lyrics are great. It sounds ominous, kind of like, to me anyway, uh, like When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin. It has that ominous kind of drumming. And uh, If you listen closely, the drums don't change. The music changes. The dynamics of the song changes, but it's not because of the drums. You know, the drums don't get louder or quieter or speed up or slow down. It just stays completely steady throughout the whole song. And it's kind of like, in some ways, maybe like the inspiration for the robot videos or the, the robot idea. But this mechanical drumming, like where there's no personality. It's really just like a machine, uh, you know, like a martial kind of style of drumming. Nothing fancy, really plain, simple, but slamming, you know, like ACDC. Again, drumming on the guitar, everything, da-da-da, da-da-da, tight, tight drumming on the guitar strings with my fingers. Robot voice, a lot of reoccurring themes here. But all this stuff was really recorded around the same time. Beautiful music. Even though it's heavy, you know, it's really orchestral and melodic and emotional. His anger is kind of like sadness. They're very closely linked. And there was a lot of that when I was writing this. And it's the best way to handle it, like I said earlier it's the best way to handle your negative emotions is to channel them into art and let them exist and exit your body in some other form you can set the bricks down you don't have to carry those emotions around anymore it really is like that i was really proud of this song i thought that it was the best thing i had ever done Listen to those drums recorded in a small little room with three microphones. You would never really guess that now. At least I wouldn't like listening to this, but that's really how it was. I had no choice, you know. I didn't. I didn't have money for microphones, like lots of expensive microphones, and I didn't have money to rent a studio space or something. I was broke. I had like no money. Yeah, there was metal. Like I said, I was really proud of that one. When I did it, track number five. Track number six is Savior. And uh, I think I have a demo version of that I can share with you right here. Yeah, this is the song that started it all for me. 
my first song that I like recorded, like I wrote and recorded in its entirety. Little taste of that. This is a this version here is a redo uh, in my studio uh, in that apartment. But, uh, doesn't sound too bad for like a like a lunkhead version, a lunkhead recording. Not bad. The song is there. The idea is represented adequately. drama in those lyrics you know but I was a young kid I was like maybe you know 18 19 20 years old when I wrote that song and uh, of course we have the version of it coming up the the album version but uh, this version that's coming up was also a redo of the I the version we just heard so like a redo of a redo and uh, I'm not entirely, honestly, I'm not entirely happy with the recording that we're listening to right now. I hear so many things about this recording that I would change, and there's so much that I learned. There's a lot of mistakes being made, and uh, I hear them now. So I would imagine that this song is like another candidate for like a redo. Like someday when I get my studio up to the level where I really need it to be and I'm not too far away from that right now once I get there this will be probably one of the songs that I redo first because it was my first song and because I can hear in my mind like what it can be like what it could be and uh, you know for like a pop song written by an 18 or 19 year old guy actually not too bad But again, you know, the, the drama, <laughs> it kind of makes me laugh a little bit now because uh, I guess my, my approach to songwriting has changed a lot, but it's not bad, you know, it's not bad. The vocal harmony in there, not bad. so lonely here. You can hear the silence speak. It's so funny. The drama, you know. But it has a nice feeling, doesn't it? This, this music, it's got like a, I guess like a, a pretty cool guitar line, you know. It's upbeat and like driving. Not bad. So much U2 in this song, to me. Especially with the drumming. As everybody knows already, I'm a pretty big uh, fan of U2. Their influences definitely heard, can be heard on this recording, this songwriting. Oh man, when I released this song, or when I originally recorded it, a long time ago, 1991, you know, I told the story in previous podcasts about how the band I was in, I was drumming for, I went into the studio to record a, a vinyl 
uh, seven inch for a record label. And, uh, you know, while we were there, I wound up playing that piano song, which I shared in a podcast just not too long ago. And uh, the guy who ran that studio, because of that, that incident of me playing the piano in his studio, we wound up becoming friends and he you know, asked me to drum on different stuff for him and uh, I would go into his studio and he wouldn't charge me, like we would just have fun in the studio recording song ideas and this was one that came out of that. I wrote this song and recorded it in his studio with him and uh, it got onto commercial radio and it went crazy whoa it was just like so wild and so unexpected like my first excursion into like songwriting and stuff by myself i wound up you know hitting a grand slam home run on the first pitch you know and uh, i thought that was how it was going to be forever but <laughs> i was wrong uh it was an uphill climb but uh Everybody around me at that time, family members included, were just going like gaga. Like they couldn't believe that I, I had made a song like this. I could, I could do that, and I couldn't either, you know. But uh, I was just given the opportunity to go and record what I heard in my head, and that's what came out. That is Savior song number six. Song number seven is Infinite Light. And again, this is another one of those ideas where the drums were just a couple bars of me drumming and I looped it. Da-dum, 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 you know? And uh, I used it as a foundation and I started to put music on top of it and this is what I got. so interesting to hear it now. A lot of energy. A lot of excitement. Like, oh, I can tell you this. Just listening to that singing, it's the Beach Boys. Can you hear it? It's the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. I, I, I was listening to the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, like on loop in my car CD player like for an entire summer and uh, there was this church property that had been overgrown and it was kind of like neglected and so uh, my wife and I volunteered to clean out this property and uh, get rid of all the trees and overgrowth and everything and it took us all summer and, and it was a lot of fun and it was great but that whole summer we were listening to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. It was like the soundtrack to that summer. And, uh, oh, I can hear it in this. Uh, it was the summer of 07. And I released this song on 7-7-07. And uh, can you hear the Beach Boys in there? I just, I laugh at myself. Such a great album, and there's no way that you can like listen to the Beach Boys and that album in particular and not take something away from it. It's 
And to me, it's apparent in this song. Optimistic lyrics, I like that. Robot voice, infinite light, you know? I just use that all the time, that vocoder. The first time I figured out how to use that vocoder, like I realized what I could do and how to do it, I was just stunned that I was able to do it. And this teeny tiny little recorder, this little you know, tabletop kind of situation, not some big fancy device or big fancy studio. This is like, you know, like almost a zero budget. This, this whole album was almost done in zero budget, really. I had no money, <laughs> you know. Any money that I was making was being spent on, you know, surviving. So there wasn't a lot of free cash for equipment. That's always been my problem, you know, uh, is that the only thing that ever stopped me from really doing anything was lack of money. And uh, so it was kind of cool. Like as soon as I was able to start making some money and getting new equipment, uh, you know, it was like heaven on earth. Some guys want cars, some guys want jewelry, some guys want fancy clothes. I don't. I want new equipment. That's all I ever want. Infinite light. The light of the world. Lights up. I mean, there's all this singing about light. What am I singing about? Hmm. I'm singing about the light of the world. The infinite light of the world. It's a Christian reference. Infinite Light is one of those songs that when I hear it now, I can't believe it's me. I can't believe I was able to come up with something like that. And those keyboards, they sound like uh, uh, bagpipes. You know? It's weird. I use that keyboard sound all the time. I've actually had people criticize me for that. You know, Using the same keyboard sounds. But they're my sounds. I mean, I make those sounds i i crafted those sounds so i use them because i like them and i'll use them all the time i use them as often as i want yeah there's infinite light now this is sansas fm coming up right here and uh i can tell you a few things about this one actually because this song was like my first kind of like excursion into really using samples you can listen to this Those old dial-up sounds. Yeah. A lot of people probably don't even realize what that is. Yeah, that, that, that weird kind of squelch. Yeah, using up those old AOL dial-up sounds. Or, you know, like the sounds of uh, technology back then, which were fresh, like at the time. But now they're ancient, you know. So long ago now, but I thought that was a clever use of samples. It was my first real chance to try to do that, to construct 
a song with samples in it. And this drum beat, I'll tell you what, one day I woke up in the morning and I was like eating breakfast. I like turned the TV on. I'm just sitting there eating breakfast, watching TV. And this video by Usher came on. And I think the song was called Up in the Club. I think that's what it was called. And I heard the drum beat for it while I was eating my breakfast. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop that drum beat. Like, that's an awesome drum beat to start out a song with. So I finished my breakfast, turned off the TV, and I went to my studio to start work. And I constructed this drum beat. And then I just started playing music on top of it. Again, drumming with the guitar. Going against the drum beat. Because the drums are... Yeah, the drums are like... But the guitar is going... against the drum drumming with my fingers there's a couple things about this song that you know production wise you know I, I think I could do better now but I'll never I'll probably never redo this song I, I'm pretty proud of how this one came out when I first recorded it and I played it for my wife she told me she thought it was as good as metal, and I considered metal to be my crowning achievement, you know, at that time. And she thought this was on par with that. Now listen to this. All oh, the sounds and the theme on the guitar. Those, those guitar solos that you can hum. proud of this one. It's a lot of work and everything and it was really exciting to be putting it together and hearing it play back. Like, oh my gosh. When I listen to it now, it's kind of like Infinite Light. It's one of those songs I... I'm impressed with how um, creative I was. You know, how excited I was. I remember the feeling. I was so excited being able to record in my house not have to pay somebody and not have to rely on anyone else but myself which has its downside too because there's limits to how much you can know or skill level and stuff like that but it's definitely a a trade worth making Sansa's FM she shows me it's this idea of like being guided by something invisible it's not like I'm not singing about my wife you know, somebody that I know when I say she shows me I'm, I'm singing about this thing outside of me this invisible spirit you know, that guides me through my life and it has I would say that's true way to end a song yeah I'm proud of that one I I gotta say even now that one stands up it's a pretty good song 
shot a video for that too, not too long ago. So let's see, what do we have next? On Axis. Oh man, I just got done talking about this song on a previous podcast about a month or two ago. And uh, I'll just listen to the intro. Real, real calm, uh, based on this idea by this band I was drumming in called Slow Bob. They had a song called Sinking, or we had a song called Sinking, and this song Sinking was like a kind of like a jumping off point for me on this idea. I wanted to do something that was like Sinking from this band I was in, but what would I do if I had it to do by myself? Like, what would it sound like? What would I choose? So I constructed this song. And the lyrics came out. And uh, I've talked before about how that song, Don't Drink the Water by Dave Matthews Band, you know, influenced the music of this. It's the same chords. They're in a different um, arrangement and everything, but it's the same chords as Don't Drink the Water by the Dave Matthews Band. Again, these are those drums that were recorded in that tiny little room, you know. But unlike, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, no. These are the same, yeah. These are drums I just drummed a few bars of, and I looped it and built the music on top. And if you listen to these drums, they stay the same all the way through the song. They never change. The music changes, but the drums don't. The recording sounds good, and I'm kind of surprised that I was able to get these drums, these sounds, out of that little room with just three microphones. It shocks me. I had no idea what I was doing. I guess that's like the point that I should emphasize. It sounds like I'm being braggadocio. I'm talking about how great I am, but it's really not the case. It's like... You have to understand, when I was recording what you're hearing right now, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have a teacher. I didn't have somebody showing me what to do. I was figuring it out as I went along. And for a guy who's doing that, I mean, listen to this. It's not bad. You know, and another thing I always consider, especially... When I'm listening to other people's music, is this idea that, you know, like, I made this up. Like, before this song existed, there was blank tape, you know, there was a zero, and I just made something up, and this is what I made up. And I think that way about whenever I hear anybody else's music or anything that's recorded. Or even, you know, any kind of art form, really. Anything like a painting. Or before there was a painting, there was a blank canvas. And somebody took paint and they put it on that canvas and that's what you're looking at. And that's kind of how I see this. It's like... It's kind of cool that that can happen. Your, your imagination, or my imagination, or someone else's imagination can hatch ideas like this. 
it wasn't like me and a group of my friends or you know, me and my friend or somebody else this is what I made up by myself and produced by myself and I'm proud of that even if it's not great like it's it's still kind of cool that I was able to do it and we're hearing it right now and these lyrics are the quintessential meaning the essence of Pipe Wonder everything any lyrics or meaning I've ever tried to express through all the songs I've made and I have like about 250 different songs now out there in the ether floating around Uh, this song is the message of all of them condensed into one song turn away from the myth of more turn away to a life where your happiness lies set down leave behind all the pain and suffering Set it down and walk away. Turn away. There's no time for goodbyes. Ugh, the lyrics. Where did they come from? I just, like, I can't believe I wrote them. And I'm not bragging. You know, it's like, I'm shocked. I am shocked. It's beautiful. I can't believe that can happen. But there's proof right there. On Axis. Just made up those lyrics as I went, but I didn't realize while I was singing it. Now listen to this ending. Oh yeah, tight ending like that. So cool. But I, I didn't realize while I was writing those lyrics that I was gonna like them as much as I do all these years later. Like it, it, they didn't stand out to me so much at that time as they do now. Because uh, I've written a lot of songs since then. So that was on axis. And okay, we got a demo version here of Dream On. The last song on the album. Here's a a demo version. Kind of crudely recorded on a four-track cassette recorder. Doesn't sound bad, though, for cassette. Outrageous. This is an early, early recording of it. Out your window. That whisper. I was proud of that. <laughs> Good idea. Simple kind of guitar arpeggio repeating over and over again. But again, like the dynamics of the song change. The music, you know, you can kind of hear it more in the finished version that's coming up here. It's like a, I, I would play just like a pattern on the guitar, record it, and then just loop it and then sing over it. And uh, I still do that today. Like I still do that idea today um, a little bit differently, a little more sophisticated, but I, uh, I've repeated that idea many many times see it's like this repeating pattern on a guitar 
But this song is a good example of using what are called uh, terrace dynamics, which is um, like you'll start on with one instrument and it's a repeating, uh, you know, melody or something. And instead of making that melody louder or quieter, that instrument louder or quieter, you add things to it as the song goes along and it gets louder depending on what you add to it. Um, the Cure, the group The Cure, does that kind of idea a lot. And I love that band, and they're a huge influence on me. And uh, like them, you know, I just kind of naturally really uh, went in this idea with Terrace Dynamics. But um, they, of course, do it much better than I do. But it all kind of comes from the same place from like my interior you know inside of me it's cool starts out with a simple guitar the pianos come in my voice the keyboards you know it it didn't get louder I just added more things to it Terrace dynamics. That's the, that is the term. The idea being that as it goes, it, you stack more things on. It goes up and up, a step up, a step up, a step up. And Man, I'll tell you what. If I ever had a hit, uh, I have like two or maybe three songs that are like in my world, you know, at my level. I would consider them my hits. If I had a greatest hits album, I would have three songs on it. This would be one of them. This song has traveled, man. All over the world. I mean, every country you could think of and all the different languages. The the lyrics, even though I'm singing in English, they don't matter to the people who hear it for some reason. This song just, it strikes a chord with people who hear it. And, uh, man, as an artist, uh, no matter what level I'm on, uh, that's a good thing when that happens. Thank your lucky stars that you can come up with something that appeals to people like that. to think uh, when I first wrote this song I almost erased it and started over I almost scrapped it and I just can't believe it I came so close to you know never making this a song and at the last minute I changed my mind and now look at it so glad I didn't make that mistake it would have been tragic but you can hear, at least I can hear. I was so excited. I was so, you know, into it and like just being so creative and just losing myself in the studio for whole days at a time, just spending the whole day, you know, in the studio, tinkering around and messing around with ideas and figuring out how to use the equipment and experimenting. It was really 
more like a laboratory than it was a studio, and it was just so much fun. It still is. It's just different now, you know. Still have a lot to learn, but I have learned a lot. And I've gotten a lot more equipment and know-how and skill, so it's like a little bit different, but I still do get I get excited. Maybe not quite as excited as I was then recording this song, but oh yeah, there's this tail coming up on the end of the song. I remember I was so proud of this idea of putting a tail on the end of the song of just like this cosmic cloud like it just goes into this ambient cloud and then it like fades away like put like a comet the song is like the the comet and then this part is like the tail on the comet that's kind of i see yes samples there's the apollo mission guy three lift off just lost myself in this I was so so happy with this I thought this was such a great idea to end a song like this and I've done it since I've, with other songs and stuff just listen to it I think I say uh, oh there's piano there yeah. I think I say dream on Listen to that piano. Real sparse. Kind of like the Mission UK. In uh, the Garden of Delight. The song I did a podcast about. It's so true. It's, I, all that stuff. All that music I took in over the years. Growing up and everything. It comes out. It comes from somewhere. This piano came from the Mission UK. That's so cool. Good ideas, you know, just like really fun, cool, good ideas. Like having the time of my life and not having to rely. I guess that's the most important thing about this debut CD. That, like it proved to me that I could do this music thing uh, 100% and I didn't need other people. You know, I didn't need an engineer to record me, I didn't need a guitar player to play the guitar for me I didn't need somebody to sing for me you know I could do this whole deal this whole rock and roll music thing by myself and this album from the beginning to the end kind of proved that to me it's a big deal there's a lot of work and a lot of man hours that went into these songs and you know they weren't all recorded at once they were recorded over a very long period of time um, but that's something actually that I've been thinking about lately a lot to be honest is like uh, with these earlier albums I had so much time to write these songs and that goes for not just the pipe choir stuff but for like Ad Astra 1, 2 and 3 and then the clouds you know, these albums that I put out I um you know, I had a lot of time to write those songs and record them. And then after I've released them, you know, it's like now when I release an album, like, you know, I, I have to kind of like hurry and make new stuff. You know, it's like I don't have the time like I used to before I was releasing music to the public regularly. 
on the internet, really. Um, I, I don't have that kind of time anymore, so I have to kind of like hurry. It's a strange kind of pressure, you know, yeah, but I'm trying to my best to defeat that and to like not be pressured so much into uh, releasing new material that it's like I, I'm going to keep the quality at, at a certain level and however long that takes that's what I'll do but yeah there you go that's the debut CD from Pipe Choir circa man I think I think I recorded it or I'm sorry I, I think I released it uh, in 2014 I, I believe that's when I started making compact disc packages and this was the first one I did so there you go I hope that you enjoyed it my happy innovators and uh, you know stay tuned for the next one I'm going to be doing a, a lot of these it's a lot of albums that I've neglected this is just one so uh, just just the first one actually so uh, my happy innovators remember if you want to keep what you've got you've got to give it away take it easy Okay, all you happy innovators that were kind enough and caring enough to stick around to the end of the podcast for some music, I've got a pretty cool idea for you today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a song with you uh, that was originally meant to be on this Pipe Choir album, but for one reason or another, I decided to omit this song from the track list on this compact disc. Um, the song was called Coming Down, um, and I did a version of this song for the PC1 Wilderness album, like an acoustic version of this song, but this was the original version of it, and it was an, originally a pipe choir, like rock and roll song, and uh, so I'm going to share that with you today. I hope that you like it. Um, again, it's pipe choir, a song called Coming Down a song that was originally meant to be on my debut. It was recorded at the same time that all these other songs were recorded, but I just kind of decided that the quality of this recording was a little bit questionable. So without further ado, here we go. Let's check it out. Coming Down by Pipe Choir, circa maybe 2010. I think I recorded this. Check it out. 